0: This program is presented by Birch Gold Group, the precious metal IRA
1: specialists.
2: Good morning, in today's headline, Southwest Airlines canceled close to 3,000 flights yesterday. Find out what travelers have to say about it as they try to navigate the cancellation chaos.
3: Freezing weather in Buffalo leaves a lakeshore restaurant covered in icicles. We take a look at the site and hear what the owner has to say about it.
2: Reports from Chinese hospitals are raising an unexpected concern. Is Omicron to blame for the virus surge or is there a subvariant spreading through the country?
3: Katie Hobbs in Maricopa County want Carrie Lake to pay and they're asking an Arizona court to make that happen. They're seeking sanctions for Lake on account of her lawsuit against them.
2: And we travel to Scotland, where we learn about the techniques involved in sheep herding. A a shepherd and his dog show us the skills behind those viral sheep herding videos.
3: Good morning. Welcome to NTD. I'm Kevin Hogan.
2: And I'm Evelyn Lee. Good morning. Today's Tuesday, December 27th. The severe winter storm that hit the U.S. threw a wrench in the travel plans of many Americans over the holiday weekend. If you're flying with Southwest Airlines, chances are you're not a happy customer. They canceled close to 70% of their flights yesterday. Southwest blamed the weather and staffing issues. NTD's Jeremy Sandberg has more on the frustration passengers are facing. Please continue to hold.
4: Your current estimated wait is
2: 131 minutes.
5: The patience of Southwest Airlines customers is being put to the test. Call centers were swamped Monday. Some passengers trying to reach customer service were asked to wait up to three hours or longer.
6: The phone systems that the company uses uh, is just not working. They're just not manned with enough manpower.
5: The severe winter storm left thousands of people stuck waiting at airports to
1: be rebooked. They said even if you Go through this line. It might be up to New Year to get a flight.
5: Others struggled to find their luggage in piles between carousels.
7: Luggage is nowhere to be found, and uh, just stuck here.
5: According to FlightAware, a flight tracking service, close to 4,000 U.S. airline flights were canceled on Monday, and over 7,000 delayed. The bulk of those cancellations hit Southwest Airlines. Close to 3,000 of the airline's flights were canceled Monday. That's nearly 70% of the carrier's total scheduled for the day. A spokesperson for FlightAware says Southwest's short and medium-range routes can lead to planes spending more time on the ground unloading and boarding passengers, and that combined with bad weather, operations can slow to a crawl.
0: So those turnaround times really bog things down. You're not making any money, you're not efficient when you're on the ground, and that has helped to slow them down, unfortunately.
5: Many Southwest customers complained about a lack of response from the airline,
1: THERE'S ZERO INFORMATION BEING SPREAD AT ALL, AND SO THAT'S KIND OF ANNOYING.
7: THE PERSONNEL DON'T HAVE AN IDEA. WHENEVER YOU ASK THEM WHAT'S GOING ON, THEY SAID WE DON'T KNOW.
5: SOUTHWEST PUT OUT A STATEMENT SAYING THEY WERE WORKING WITH SAFETY AT THE FOREFRONT TO ADDRESS THE wide-scale DISRUPTION AND THAT THE CHALLENGES WERE CAUSED BY CONSECUTIVE DAYS OF EXTREME WINTER WEATHER. THE PRESIDENT OF A UNION THAT REPRESENTS Southwest's FLIGHT ATTENDANTS SAYS THE PROBLEM WAS A SYSTEMS FAILURE LED BY EXECUTIVE LEADERSHIP AND THAT IT'S TIME TO MAKE IT RIGHT.
6: This is not a staffing issue. This is a systems issue. Southwest Airlines was staffed. Its employees were ready to go to work. But when they chose to take flights into the middle of the storm or not preemptively cancel enough flights, their systems have not been able to keep up.
5: Southwest said Monday it was doing its best to get its network back to normal. But for many customers, the frustrations are far from over.
3: Well, we're gonna
7: sleep on the floor, I guess. Christmas was just ruined. This was the worst Christmas
5: ever. The airline says disruptions could continue up to the New Year travel period at the end of the week. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News.
2: Now the U.S. Transportation Department said yesterday it will be examining the large number of Southwest Airlines cancellations and delays. They say it was unacceptable and want to find out if it was in the airline's control.
3: And in Buffalo, New York's Niagara International Airport is set to remain closed until at least Wednesday morning. The National Weather Service says they saw close to 50 inches of snow as of Monday morning. And the freezing weather and recent blizzards left quite a scene in Hamburg, New York. A lakeshore restaurant in the small town near Buffalo was covered in icicles. The restaurant owner says the storm started forming the ice stalactites Friday morning. He says it was from sundowner winds splashing against the restaurant's foundation and then freezing. That was after the temperature dropped from 45 degrees to around 12 degrees.
1: Um, as you can see, it actually protected the restaurant by it dropping so low in temperature because it acted as a barrier
5: and protected uh, the, re- the restaurant foundation. Nothing broke, no windows broke, no leaks. And um, yeah, we just got a new floor put in and none of that was touched. So right now we're good. The only problem was is the uh, parking lot got beat up pretty bad.
3: The greater Buffalo region on the edge of Lake Erie has been one of the hardest hit places. The blizzard is considered the worst Buffalo's had in 45 years. Officials reported at least 28 storm-related deaths in the area.
2: And moving on to politics, Arizona's governor-elect Katie Hobbs and Maricopa County asked a court on Monday to sanction Kerry Lake. This after a judge on Saturday rejected Lake's lawsuit that challenged the counting and certification of the November election. Court documents show that the Maricopa County deputy attorney wrote that Lake filed a groundless lawsuit for a frivolous pursuit. Lake's lawyers responded asking the court to deny the request for sanctions. They say Maricopa County's motion has no basis in law or fact. The lawyers wrote, Trust in the election process is not furthered by punishing those who bring legitimate claims as the plaintiff did here. The sanctions would be in the form of a financial penalty imposed by a judge for violation of a court rule or misconduct.
3: GOP Congressman-elect George Santos admitted yesterday that he lied about his education and work experience. But he says he hasn't committed any crimes and intends to serve his two-year term. Santos came clean that he never worked directly for Goldman Sachs or Citigroup. He called the lie a poor choice of words. He says he actually worked for a company called Linkbridge, which did business with both of the financial firms. He further admits that he never graduated from any institution of higher learning. This despite previously claiming to have earned a degree from Baruch College in 2010. He said, quote, I own up to that. We do stupid things in life. Santos is also facing accusations of lying about his family history. His campaign website claimed that his mother was Jewish and his grandparents escaped the Nazis during World War II. Santos now says that he's clearly Catholic but claimed his grandmother told stories about being Jewish and later converting to Catholicism.
2: And Santos also confessed to lying about owning 13 properties. He says he actually just lives at his sister's place, but he's interested in purchasing a home of his own.
3: Former U.S. Vice President Mike Pence has not filed to run for president in 2024. Some news outlets reported he was running after filings for his candidacy reportedly appeared on the Federal Election Commission website. The filings appeared on the FEC website as raw filings that have yet to be processed by the commission. It is unclear who filed them. A spokesperson for the FEC said they do not comment on specific filings. Meanwhile, an advisor for Pence indicated on Twitter that the filing may have been a prank. Pence did hint in November that he might run, telling supporters he was giving the decision prayerful consideration.
2: The number of asylum seekers in the U.S. has hit an all-time record. 1.6 million asylum applications are pending in the U.S. immigration courts. U.S. immigration courts have experienced a seven-fold increase in asylum cases from fiscal year 2012, when there were just 100,000 cases pending. Syracuse University's Transactional Records Access Clearinghouse has been keeping track of the numbers. The asylum seekers are from 219 different countries and speak 418 different languages. The leading countries of origin include Guatemala, Venezuela, Cuba and Brazil. Average wait time for an asylum hearing is more than four years, but in Omaha's immigration court, the wait time is now almost six years.
3: The latest batch of Twitter files that were released on Monday show how the government allegedly pressured Twitter to censor information about COVID 19 and vaccines. Entity's Jason Perry has the story.
1: Last year, the federal government spoke openly about its expectations for big tech and COVID 19 misinformation. Here's the Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy.
8: We're asking them to operate with greater transparency and accountability. We're asking them to monitor misinformation more closely. We're asking them to consistently take action against misinformation super spreaders on their platforms.
1: But according to the Twitter files that were released on Monday, the White House was, quote, very angry after meeting with Twitter. And the Biden team didn't think Twitter was doing enough to deplatform several accounts. Many people see this as a violation of free speech, as the government allegedly pressured a private company to censor speech. On Monday, Harvard professor and epidemiologist Dr. Martin Kulldorf shared his thoughts about the Twitter files with Jan Yekelik of the Epic Times American Thought Leaders.
8: In order to, be, to stay on the platform, which is an important source of communication, I had to self-censor myself. And other people will self-censor themselves. That's uh, devastating for, for public health.
1: We reached out to the White House and we'll include their comment when they respond. More information of how the government allegedly pressured Twitter to censor information about COVID-19 can be found at David Zweig's Twitter page. Jason Perry, NTD News.
3: Representative Jim Jordan is soon to be chair of the Judiciary Committee. He has already laid the groundwork for carrying out investigations into the Twitter files. The Congressman gave the FBI less than a month to provide the committee with related materials That includes the names of any FBI employee or contractor who may have communicated with Twitter about content moderation. He's also asking for the names of anyone from other agencies like the DOJ, the Department of Homeland Security, or the White House who had similar conversations. Jordan is also requesting information on any money transfers between the FBI and Twitter or any other social media company from 2016 until now. And coming up, reports from Chinese hospitals are raising an unexpected concern. Is Omicron to blame for the virus surge, or is there a sub-variant spreading throughout the country? And South Korea mobilized jets and assault helicopters after five North Korean drones reportedly entered its airspace. We'll have the details in just a moment.
2: As Chinese hospitals become overwhelmed by patients with COVID symptoms, the country's National Health Commission announced it will no longer publish daily case numbers. And China says it will now rename COVID as an infection instead of pneumonia. Is Omicron to blame for the virus surge that's wreaking havoc in China, or is there another variant spreading alongside it? Some patients are showing symptoms that don't usually appear when infected with Omicron, but that did show up widely in Wuhan when the pandemic first broke out. Here are the details.
8: Reports from Chinese hospitals are raising an unexpected concern. The lungs of some COVID-19 patients are appearing white on CT scans, indicating lung infection. But Omicron is widely known not to attack the lungs, which makes it less dangerous than other variants. In the past few days, people have flocked to Chinese social media Weibo with similar reports that some of those infected with COVID-19 were also diagnosed with severe pneumonia. CT scans show parts of their lungs turned white. The appearance means the lungs are infected, posing danger to affected patients. The so-called White Lung Syndrome was a typical symptom found in Wuhan City at the beginning of the pandemic. Those who've shared the news online include medical staff, family members of the deceased, and patients themselves. Among those showing the symptom was the father-in-law of a well-known Chinese scholar. He died last week of COVID-19-related pneumonia. His CT scan showed one-fourth of his lungs had already turned white, and there's more. A doctor in Beijing recorded the process of how a 70 year old patient's lungs turned white via CT scans. The patient died one day after the infection reached his lungs. Back online, a medical worker from eastern China's Jiangsu Province shared a set of related photos on social media site Weibo. The pictures came from the CT scans of two white lung patients. One of them showed a high degree of fibrosis of the lungs. It was so advanced that the shape of the lungs became obscured. The medical worker wrote he's seen more white lung patients lately than since he studied medicine in college.
2: And many Chinese citizens began preparing for international travel today. That's because China's health authority is downgrading the country's classification of COVID. It will be dropped from its current top-level category A to the less strict category B. This as the number of infections are rising across the country.
3: There are no official restrictions on going abroad, but the new rule will make it much easier for people to return home. Inbound travelers will no longer be required to go into quarantine starting January 8th. Data from trip.com shows outbound flights bookings up over 250 percent early Tuesday from the day before. A drone believed to be Ukrainian penetrated hundreds of miles through Russian airspace. It caused a deadly explosion at the main base for Moscow's strategic bombers. Here's the story.
4: Surveillance video captured this explosion on Monday in Russia, hundreds of miles from the Ukrainian frontier. The culprit for the deadly blast at the main base for Moscow's long-range bombers was a drone, believed to be Ukrainian. Moscow says three service members died when it shot the drone down. Some accounts said planes were damaged, although Russia said they weren't. Reuters could not verify the reports either way, and Ukraine did not comment. The incident could be the latest attack to expose gaps in Russia's air defenses. The same base was struck just three weeks earlier by a suspected drone. Kiev says the base is home to bombers that have targeted Ukraine's civilian infrastructure. Since October, Russia has been deliberately targeting Ukraine's energy infrastructure with drones and missiles. Moscow says the aim is to degrade Kyiv's ability to fight. Ukraine says the attacks have no military purpose and are intended to harm civilians as winter sets in, calling it a war crime. Ukrainian
3: President Volodymyr Zelensky said on Monday that the power shortages were persisting, with nearly 9 million people remaining without electricity. And Russian businessman and politician Pavel Antov has died. Antoff criticized Russia's invasion of Ukraine this summer. Officials say he apparently fell from a third floor window of a luxury hotel in India. Antoff was a multi-millionaire who founded one of Russia's largest sausage makers. He was also a member of Russian President Vladimir Putin's United Russia Party. An unnamed police official said they suspect he took his own life. They alleged he was depressed about the death of his friend who was found dead in the same hotel on Thursday. Back in July, Antoff posted a story on WhatsApp criticizing Russia's missile attacks on Kyiv as terrorism. He was referring to a story about a girl found in the rubble of her shelled house. Antoff quickly apologized for the post. He said he was a supporter of the president and shared the goals of the Kremlin's invasion of Ukraine. Antoff is the eighth powerful Russian figure to have died suspiciously since the war in Ukraine began.
2: Five North Korean drones crossed into South Korea on Monday. South Korea responded by scrambling jets and attack helicopters. They opened fire to try to shoot down the intruders.
4: Our military deployed manned and unmanned reconnaissance assets to areas close to the military demarcation line as well as North Korea to take corresponding measures in response to North Korean drones that violated our airspace. One
0: of the five North Korean drones flew near the South Korean capital. The others flew near the west coast. Lee said they were small, about two metres, but didn't say what equipment, if any, they were carrying. North Korea has no government spokespeople, and its state media made no mention of the drones. Lee did not say if any drones had been hit, though later the Yonhap News Agency said South Korea's military fired about 100 shots but failed to shoot anything down. South Korea's transport ministry said flights leaving from two airports were temporarily suspended, following a request from the military. Relations between the two countries have recently been growing more tense since a new conservative government took over in Seoul and as North Korea presses on with its nuclear and missile programs.
2: South Korea's President Yoon says the incident shows a substantial lack in the military's readiness and training. He says South Korea will speed up a plan to create a drone unit as soon as possible.
3: NASA is sharing what winter is like on Mars with images taken by a camera on board the Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. According to the Space Agency, these photos captured Mars's changing landscape due to winter. This photo shows mega dunes with carbon dioxide frost and ice on them. The frost makes the dunes and other parts of Mars's landscape look darker. According to NASA, Mars also experiences cube-shaped snow that accompanies sub-zero temperatures. In some areas, the red planet can reach as low as negative 190 degrees Fahrenheit during winter.
2: And next, after a big Christmas dinner, many people feel the need to recover. So what to do on the day after? How about celebrating with a cold weather race? And a shepherd and his dog show us the skills behind those viral sheep herding videos. We'll have those stories after this short break.
3: Welcome back. Christmas festivities can be very relaxing and usually involve a lot of eating. But what about the day after? Some cold weather exercise perhaps? Entity's Flinders Kingsley has the story.
6: Christmas is a time for spending with loved ones. And very often that involves eating an enormous Christmas dinner. What to do with all the added calories? A community in Berlin has a tradition of running 10 kilometers on the day after Christmas, or Boxing Day, to digest all the food eaten.
0: Yes, it's always a great surprise for me that after 22 years there are once again 180 to 200 runners who have taken
6: part in the Roast Goose Digestion Run. It's nice. Wolfgang leads the roast goose digestion run with a fake goose in hand while dressed as Santa Claus. He leads the runners five kilometers to a small cabin where they are treated to delicacies before heading back to the start. Wolfgang Pech and his
0: family are keeping up the tradition here at the Forester's Lodge Alta Saubucht, and we are
6: very grateful for that. Truly a beautiful sight. The whole community digesting their roast goose or roast duck. Over in Prague, there is a somewhat more extreme race happening, a chilly winter swim. 350 contestants battled in the 100, 300 or 750 metre events. To make matters worse, the 40 degree water has a current with a mind of its own.
0: The current was very strong. I had big problems just at the first buoy when the current was pulling me. And in the second round, I
7: almost didn't make it.
6: Swimmers say despite the unpleasant temperatures and strong current, finishing the race is great. Glendis Kingsley, NTD News.
2: When we think of sheep herding, it may bring relaxing images to our minds. But the skillful work of a shepherd is a lot more demanding than we may imagine. Not only does it involve a special kind of dog, but it also requires specific techniques. And today's Dave Martin takes us to Scotland, where a shepherd started creating content of his daily adventures.
0: Sean Hanna is a former dairy farmhand from Western Scotland. He moved north from his hometown six years ago to become a shepherd and currently looks after a flock of over 700 sheep, including nine of his own. His three border collies provide a helping hand.
7: Border collies are obviously a herding dog. They're probably the best herding dog in the Scottish environment. They're really built for it. They're amazing endurance dogs. They can run and run for hours, and they just don't tire.
3: Come
5: by.
0: They are five-year-old Kate, three-year-old Storm, and her 18-month-old puppy Echo. Sean says that training the dogs in the natural way is advantageous.
7: So it just starts off by taking them out with older dogs. They'll start to pick up things from the older dogs, and then from there we really just sort of uh, hone in on the instincts that we're seeing. Uh, we try and pull out anything that we don't like and we make sure that the that we're constantly training and trying to improve and improve.
0: He explains that the relationship between dogs and shepherds is symbiotic.
7: Well, first off, you're spending not only your spare time with them, but you're spending your working day with them as well. So. These are really together all the time. Uh, So you do get a very close, a very extreme bond with your dogs. And there's a different bond from home, bond to working bond.
0: It's also a relationship built on mutual respect.
7: It's a partnership more than it's a dictatorship. You have to be reading what your dog's telling you and you, you have to be giving the dog the correct information for it to work properly.
0: In addition to a variety of commands, Sean also uses whistling techniques, which can be tricky at times. But he says it's not the mistakes, but the recovery that matters most. He praises border collies as the smartest and most resilient dog breed for the job, needing to have good listening skills and having enough stamina to endure the long days. During lockdown, Sean began creating videos of his herding dogs and shared them on social media. The videos proved quite the success.
7: it's just because a lot of our videos are quite fun. They show the dogs' talents, uh, but also we have fun while making them. And I think that some comes through a lot that we are actually out there having fun. There we go. They're moving.
0: Sean says that his dogs enjoy their work.
7: We like to say these dogs have the will to work, but what that really means is they want to go out and work with you.
0: And they're rewarded with tasty treats at home once the day's work is done.
3: Wow, those dogs have so much skill.
2: Right, three dogs I think for a flock of 700 sheep, right? That's impressive.
3: Oh yeah, good point.
2: (laughs) All right, that's all for today's program. Write us at goodmorning at NTD.com if there's any feedback or ideas you may want to share.
3: Thanks for watching, I'm Evelyn Lee. And I'm Kevin Hogan.